landed haymakers on Joe Biden. How do you go from being such a passionate opponent? It was a debate. afternoon or good evening and welcome to the vanguard for spike my favorite spice girl was scary cohen i am matt wright and together we are traversing the muddied waters of freedom folks thanks so much for tuning in this is of course a muddy waters media production we are happy to see you be sure man i got a lot of a lot of chest hair going on right now did not. Uh, thanks so much for tuning in. That was deep. Uh, thanks so much for tuning in. Be sure to like, subscribe, share, uh, comment, do all the things that help the algorithm to let big tech know that you're not going to put up with their crap and you're going to use all of their platforms all the time. That'll show them. Uh, also, uh, and if you are watching, whatever you are watching or listening to this on, then be sure to like us, follow us, subscribe to us, whatever else. And if it's on YouTube, don't forget... Hit hit the bell. You want to hit that bell? I want your phone to explode every time we go live. So thank you so much. From one to Spike's chest hair, how free are you? Oh, that's... Close, close about halfway there, yeah. Yeah, that's good. First and foremost, uh, allow me to thank the wonderful people at SiestaCava.com for the kava that I am drinking on today's episode. It's SiestaCava.com. If you are one of the few who has not tried the Libertarian Kool-Aid, I recommend going to SiestaCava.com. Libertarian Kool-Aid. And <laughs> I would like to thank uh, Martinelli's for this delicious... I legit thought that was a Miller High Life. No, I don't drink. I don't. I know you don't. Were you scared for a moment? <laughs> I was like, whoa. Is this what we're doing now? We're just drinking again? Uh, I would like to thank <laughs> Martinelli's Northwest Blend Sparkling Apple Juice for this thing that I drink way too much of. And it contributes to my having a few too many pounds on. Bula Vinaka. Bula Vinaka. 
Like I legit, I drink about four or five of these a day for no good reason. I used to say, oh, I'll drink one to reward myself for, you know, completing a time. No, I just drink them a lot now. I just drink them every day. There you go. This episode is brought to you by the Libertarian Party Waffle House Caucus, the fastest growing waffle related caucus in this or any party in any country ever. Become an official member of the Libertarian Party Waffle House Caucus by going to the Facebook group, which is coincidentally named the Libertarian Party Waffle House Caucus. Uh, if you want to become an official voting member, whatever that means, uh, be sure to go to uh, muddiedwatersmedia.com slash store, uh, and you can buy some Waffle House, Libertarian Party Waffle House Caucus buttons and is it shirts or hats? I always forget. Shirts. 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 Get some shirts. The Gravy King. Cumberland Cannabis, uh, who sells CBD gummies, Tennessee CBD gummies. Google that to find out what that means. You can get some delicious Cumberland Cannabis gummies by going to CumberlandCannabisCo.com. That's <laughs> CumberlandCannabisCo.com. We should probably put that on then. Yeah, we should probably put that on the graphic. Joe Soloski is running for Pennsylvania's governor. Joe Soloski is the key for Pennsylvania's success. And if you'd like to help him, go to Joe Soloski, J-O-E-S-O-L-O-S-K-I dot com to see how you can help him. The most appropriately named sponsor we have or will ever have, Mudwater. If you woke up today and said, my God, if I don't drink another coffee ever again in my whole godforsaken life, it'll be one too many. Well, that's kind of gruesome, but I have some good news for you. If you were instead wanting to drink a coffee alternative that has nothing in it but masala chai, cacao, mushrooms, turmeric, sea salt, cinnamon, and literally nothing else but those things in whatever combination mixture they put them in then i have great news for you if you go to muddywatersmedia.com slash mud you can buy literally that in a tin it's called mud water it is not terrible it's actually better than one might think reading that so go to muddywatersmedia.com slash mud to get your mud water today jack casey is what tell tell us about jack casey man so Jack Casey wrote this book called A Royal Green, which unfortunately is not about weed or anything having to do with weed, which I know is devastating for all the libertarians out there in the world. Yeah. But uh, you could possibly get high on the action, romance, adventure, swords, magic, conspiracy, political tension, and all that dark, sexy, sci-fi, fantasy stuff that you've always wanted to read about but never wanted your friends to make fun of you. Um all that to be said, because uh, I'm not finishing the rest of this one, uh, Jack yeah, Casey no, is allegedly in jail or prison. I don't really know. I kind of missed out on part of this conversation. And uh, details were kind of fuzzy, but uh, he can only have cash bond. So if we, if all of you go to theroyalgreen.com and purchase uh, copies of his book, hopefully he can raise enough money to bond out. So go to theroyalgreen.com and... Get Jack his bond money. Is Jack really in jail? I can neither confirm nor deny 
that he was with me when we planned this. Ah, help bail out Jack. <laughs> help bail out Jack Casey. Theroyalgreen.com. And also, if you buy enough copies of this book, uh, of these books, uh, on book three, he will call it Crowned by Mud, which will make yes. it a much more absurd book. But it's the power of capitalism. It is the <laughs> the power of the market it is the power it is if, if if you demand it he will do it and of course personal injury attorney chris reynolds attorney at law if you are in florida and you want to sue someone chris reynolds have a good reason don't waste his time don't waste the man's time he's trying to sue people for like legit reasons so go in there with a good solid don't, suit don't right don't call if you watched last week's episode and you're like oh i was personally injured oh, by injured spikes producing yeah. Episode. yeah no we don't care. right no and no we'll like case if you're actually legitimately too. right if you're legitimately injured then please yes in fact if you try to sue us for last week's episode we'll use chris reynolds to counter sue you and we'll get money from you so that's how good he is. That's right. So. So. We have today, a fantastic guest, actually. We do. We do have a fantastic guest. We have a wonderful guest. She is currently, currently running uh, for Congress as a libertarian in Pennsylvania's 12th congressional district. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome with me and with Spike, Ms. Liz Terwilliger. <laughs> Did we say that correctly? You did say that correctly. Yes. Good okay. Job. Liz Terwilliger. Liz, thank you so much for Liz, coming on the show. I just want to say, Liz, that um, earlier today I was on Clubhouse talking with uh, some people who are watching the show as we speak. Um, and when I said that you were going to be the guest, uh, one of the guys in the Clubhouse said, did you say Liz Terwilliger is going to be on? And I said, yeah, why? And he goes, my daughter voted for her. <laughs> So you, you, you got, you got that. You're one more closer. You're one closer. You got Jimmy's daughter. And as a write-in. So that's good. Hopefully in the district. Awesome. Awesome. (laughs) So Liz, tell us a little bit about yourself. Whenever we have a a libertarian on, libertarian on for the first time, we always ask, what is it that brought you to libertarianism and the, and the LP? Was it, you know, an aha light bulb moment or kind of a gradual evolution over time? Tell us the Liz Terwilliger Genesis story. Well, I think I became a libertarian in my middle school civics class, but um, (laughs) I was a Democrat off and on for many years um, because I couldn't truck with the Republicans on social issues. Um, But I had enough during the um, Hillary debacle, the primary that kicked me out when they had uh, released the tapes, the emails and everything, but just the whole insider shenanigans. It just showed that, you know, it doesn't matter. Both sides are just garbage. So I was ready to turn away and come to liberty so here i am (laughs) well that's awesome that's great we're glad to have you uh and you are running for the uh pennsylvania in the 12th district um for the uh is that for the house the 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 pennsylvania house no that's for regular house federal house u.s house of representatives oh this is you we need to start i'm currently walking I... (laughs) i mean you know but yeah Okay, so you're running for Congress uh, to represent Pennsylvania's 12th congressional district. What is it that inspired you to to run for that office? What are the the things that you want to change uh, if you get elected to that? 
So my current representative inspired me to run for this office during <laughs> Trump impeachment part one. Yeah. He, um, I messaged him because he drank the Kool-Aid. And so everything was the Republican Party line. And I wanted to know why he felt that impeachment was an unconstitutional process, given that it's, you know, in the Constitution. Um, but I couldn't get an answer. So I was really upset and I was complaining about it a lot, apparently. And my husband told me I needed to do something or stop complaining. So yes. I decided to run against him last time. And they kicked me off the ballot. Thank you for coming to Williamsport and helping me collect signatures, by the way. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but, no, uh, that was fun. <laughs> we ended up 20 signatures short after the challenge. So I was a write-in. And uh, he's still not representing or responding to the people of the district. So here I am again, knocking on his door. So, so who, who is your current representative? Fred Keller. Okay. So now keep in mind that he gets on the ballot for, for you know this, but for those who don't know this, he's on the ballot automatically because he's a Republican yeah. and he gets their, his party's nomination. He's on the ballot automatically. You had to get, how many signatures did you have to get? So I was lucky last time because he won in a special election. So I only needed 1800 signatures, which valid means signatures, which means it, which means you really need 4,000 signatures to, to, to right. hold yeah. up the challenge because more than likely you had way more than 1800 but after they challenged the signatures you got down to 20 20 less now you know that 20 short was enough for them to go no sorry liz the american people only should have two choices for congress because you fell short 20 uh signatures after we ravaged the list of signatures that you brought to us right which was still you know almost 800 more than he collected but you know exactly. well then he i shouldn't say yeah. I don't know how many he actually collected. Probably none. Yeah, I was going to say none. not many. Probably none. Yeah. So uh, so you are, uh, besides uh, running uh, to uh, read the Constitution and know what it says, what are some of the things that you'd like to change uh, when you get elected? So the most, like the bedrock of my campaign is to make legislation more transparent so that people are more engaged in the process and can participate in the conversation. So we have these, so Biden is great for this because he's given me all of this, all this fodder to work with because we have these humongous packages, right? Of legislation and nobody knows what, what's in them. Yep. And so you can't have a conversation with somebody about the infrastructure bill because invariably you don't, you're gonna miss something and they're gonna be like, aha, but because you don't know what's in there. Right, so, right. so people don't wanna engage, but if we took it one piece at a time some of that maybe we want i don't know we're probably not the whole package but right. um what's more important to me is that we get people to engage in the conversation so that's uh really the bedrock of my campaign is bringing people into the process and making them understand that this is important to them it affects their lives and a big part of that would more than likely be requiring that legislation be one item at a time instead of these big um, omnibus legislation that literally no one ever reads. Like it's, right. it's, it's functionally impossible for people to read a 40,000 or 60,000 or 150,000 page document. No one has ever read it. They've read the parts that they've, uh, that they've added to it and amended to it, but the actual legislation itself, it would take actual, it would take months or years for someone to read and they give people a few hours to review it before they they go to a party line vote so you you would require that every 
every single bit of legislation is its own standalone item. Absolutely. And things like in the um, COVID relief package, the lovely money that's going to start coming around for parents, that uh, $300 a kid that starts in July, I think, yeah. that was something that, you know, probably we should have talked about, but it was hidden in that COVID relief package. So people didn't know it was there. But right. those kinds of big policy changes, they deserve debate and discussion. So then you disagree that we need to pass it to find out what's in it. <laughs> I think legislators should probably know like what's in it too before they vote on it. One would think, one would think. You would think they would want to know, but apparently they don't. They I, just I, do whatever they're told. Is your campaign slogan, bring America together again? No, but I do have a bumper sticker that says that. My campaign slogan is a representative, not a politician. Okay. Like yeah, because somebody in the comments said that uh, she bought your uh, Bring America Together Again puzzle keychain. And I was, like, I was like, I was like, I like BATA. Yeah. <laughs> Be a yeah, member like of the BATA, BATA group. So according to uh, Ryan in the comments, did you, you collected 900 signatures on your own? Yeah. Yeah, I did last year. I think I got maybe 200 and i was i was there for about maybe like one 101 to 150 i'm actually probably closer to 100 and i was proud of myself like i i had not actually done ballot signatures before and i actually went to brian and asked him his tips on on how to do it because he's a he's a, a wizard at it and um i uh i i thought i did 900 yeah, when we uh, lost our ballot access case, so Pennsylvania, you know, sued the state over ballot access because of COVID to try to get signature relief. And we lost because apparently it's not a big deal to collect yeah. signatures in a pandemic. During a pandemic so, when you're not allowed to be around people. Yeah. Yeah. So I got kind of upset about it and I took my petitions with me everywhere I went. So if I stopped to get gas, I'd ask the folks at the gas station to sign my petition. If I, you know, everywhere, literally everywhere I went. I, I had to ask everyone attitude. So that yeah. is incredible. And if, if the that, purpose... I, I have to say, I have worked on numerous uh, campaigns here in Florida from, you know, the city council level up to governor. Um, most of the candidates that I have worked for, they're happy to go door to door. But they are not 900 signatures happy to go door to door. They are. That's a different. Level. They're like, you know, 50 to 100 signatures happy, but they're happy to have you go out and do it for 900 to 1,000 signatures with no problem. But uh, if you are out there just going, I'm asking everybody, I'm getting signatures. I respect the hell yeah. out of you as a candidate. You know, I like collecting signatures. I, I like to have a oh, reason apparently. to walk up to people and talk to them. And the great thing about being third party is we get signatures from everybody. So I'm spreading the word to Democrats and Republicans because they want to know they as if like they're voting for me when they sign my piece of paper. They want to know like everything I stand for. And, you know, so mm -hmm. it's a great way to have a conversation with people you wouldn't normally talk to. So you weren't but just we asking for signatures. You were literally campaigning and I would yeah. go up to people and say, hey, 
How are you doing? Uh, can I get, get a, a favor? My friend Liz is running for office, and she can't get on the ballot unless these signatures get signed. It's this stupid rule. You got to get signature signed to be able to put her on the ballot. And they go, yeah, okay, sure. You're actually going. <laughs> wow. But I'm collecting for me, which makes a difference, you know, when yeah, you're saying, no, that's true. hey, I'm running for Congress. And they're like, I'm not signing your thing. <laughs> What's wrong with you? Yeah, no, I, so, I, I did the, I did the. Hey, can you give me, can you do me, can you help me out? My friend over here uh, is trying to run. I, I, if I, if I had, yeah, I don't think I had nine hundred conversations about why I'm running for vice president in me for the few days <laughs> I was in Pennsylvania. Holy crap, that is incredible, Liz. So you clearly are dedicated to this. This is obviously you know, what you are here for is to spread the message of liberty. And I know people are excited to help you. How can people help you? Where should they go, your social media, your website, so forth, to, to, to help you in your in your run? So if people go to LizTrueWilligerForCongress.org, everything is off of there. You can find our social media links, our donation page, our shop where you can get some really cool bumper stickers. Um, my favorite one right now is um, Equal Rights for Everyone. But there's also Make Orwell Fiction again. There's some really fun libertarian-themed bumper stickers there. Um, <laughs> you can sponsor my miles for my walkathon. I'm walking to uh, Washington, D.C. right now. Um, oh, wow. <laughs> anything, anything for a buck. Because, you know, my opponent, I usually call him uh, he who shall not be named, but we named him. But anyway, <laughs> he spent over a million dollars in the campaign last year. And the Democrats spent like, I don't know, 35,000 and we spent six. So we're really trying to raise money because we're running to win and we yeah. need money if we're going to win. So that's why we're starting now and not in 2022 when we're actually running. That is awesome, Liz. Thank awesome. you. Well, yeah, we will try to get you as much help as we can. Uh, it is in the comments. Uh, Liz Terwilliger, 4-F-O-R, not the number four, for congress.org. Uh, and it's Terwilliger, T-E-R-W-I-L-L-I-G-R. I'm telling myself Dot that. G-E-R. G-E-R. What I say, G-I-R? We're so G close. You, you said G-R. You just oh, skipped, you skipped the vowel. I said G-E-R. Oh, uh, like you long... oh, okay. We'll get the instrument play on that. We're going to slow that down in G-E-R. Yeah. Oh, you know what else people can find on my website? Mm. is that Spike and Tasha Cohen are going to be at uh, Perspectives on Freedom in September with us in Williamsport, yes. Jersey Shore. So people yes. can take advantage of early bird pricing and sign up. Yes, and that's happening on the... September 17th to the September 19th. September 17th. Through the 19th, yep. Through yep. the 19th. Hey, I that. you're committed to three that. days <laughs> I didn't know that yet, but I, I, I <laughs> <laughs> no, that's great. No, listen, I'm happy to be back in Pennsylvania. I had such a good time there when I was there last August. Um, so I'm happy to be back at the Pennsylvania fundraiser on the, where the Williamsport. It's, it's Wait, perspectives it on freedom. So it's, uh, um, we're calling it American values forum. It's an issues discussion forum. Okay. So it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm, I'm looking, looking to... I'm super excited now. I had no idea. All right, well, cool. I'm looking forward to that. Well, then I will get to see you. Yeah, you have to check out the smash event that you're going to be involved in Friday night. So I will do yeah. that. I will check out the smash event that I'm going to ask Brian of... about as soon as this show is over. 
<laughs> One of our uh, Lycoming County affiliate uh, members owns a uh, smash therapy business where people like go smash things therapeutically. Oh, wow. So oh. they're hosting a fund. We're doing a fundraiser for community nonprofits. We're going to ask you and Tasha to each pick a nonprofit and we're going to have a smash therapy fundraiser. So All like right, you can smash, smash stuff with a baseball bat. A other things things yeah not all, at least not... one plate that you can write something on and smash it yeah oh, they're not smashing you do. okay but it's... not my wife and i aren't getting smacked well not there no um, well, no. Okay, well <laughs> not not in public yeah. like that not, no not like that that's no no but no. you're you're gonna be welcome children. to take baseball bats to bottles and oh that and i will do all so, day long yeah. see that's yeah. super so it's like a rage room exactly okay Oh, I can't wait. Go to the to website, check it out. Because yeah. I have a lot of rage pent up, and I, I look forward to that. So Liz Terwilliger for Congress dot org, spelled T E R W I L L I G E R dot org. It took me a while to do Joe Soloski, so I, you know I need some time. But uh, so okay, uh, that's in the comments, and uh, and I will see everyone out there in Pennsylvania, September seventeenth to nineteenth. I knew that. Um, Liz, thank you so much for coming <laughs> on again. Uh, we had a lot of fun talking with you. Thank you again. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Thank you. That was fun. That was, uh, that was oh, I have to do the thing. Yeah, you have to do the other thing. I have exactly. Ah, see? Oh, wow. This is way. Oh, man. Look how neat and clean that is. Look, isn't this show so clean and spiffy now, folks? <laughs> it's, None of you it's were like... upset or anything, but now look at how beautiful. Look at how nice it is and how organized it is and it's like we listened to what people were saying almost like we <laughs> were listening we weren't though but we whatever we could have we, we could have been we don't but we don't even care uh so but <laughs> speaking of being organized we have the next segment because we have segments on this show this In one being called know. the I didn't oh I didn't make this thing. It's called the Mud Water <laughs> Coffee Alternative Masala Chai Cacarapa Fire segment brought to you by Mudwater Coffee Alternative, filled with these things that are listed out here and and nothing else. Muddywatersmedia.com slash mud to buy the most delicious thing to ever look and taste like coffee, but have mushrooms and salt in it. Yum. Yum. Yum, yum. So, I don't know how many of you out there know this, but uh, or how many of you pay close attention to our social medias, but if you are one of the many who pay close attention, you already know this. Um, in two weeks-ish, June 13th, I don't know how many, that's 12 days from now, in about two weeks. In, a, um, in, in less than 14 sleeps, Right. We are going to be airing a brand new show here on Lib on on Libertarian Network. Nope. On Muddied no, Waters that Media. That's not the name. That is not the name of the company that I started. Um here on Muddied Waters Media, we're gonna have a brand new show. Um it stars the Cajun Libertarian and the Eskimo Libertarian. It's going to be at, I believe, 3 p.m. Eastern. Yes. Sunday, starting Sunday, June 13th at 3 p.m. Eastern is Cajun and Eskimo from Bayou to Igloo. 
Bayou's to Igloos with Cajun and Eskimo. We are very excited about this. Like they, um, I'm not going to lie. When we were in Clubhouse, <laughs> I, I was in Clubhouse. I was at work and I was just kind of listening to Clubhouse, a room in Clubhouse while I was working. And I heard them start talking about a show that they wanted to do. And I picked up my phone and I texted Spike and I said, hey, what would you think about adding them uh, to Muddied Waters? And he said, yeah, that'd be cool. I believe that was his exact quote uh, was, yeah, that'd be cool. And I said, okay. So as soon as I was on like my lunch break or something, I went out and I uh, talked with Cajun. I talked with Cajun and I said, Hey, would you guys want to do this on muddy? And it took some negotiating, some very tough negotiating on yeah. my part. Mm. Cause he was like, no, I want to do this on my own. Cause I'm a Cajun. And I was like, man, but you could just, do it on ours and he was like but no and um after a I while i had to contact him and beg him right yeah and there was like but i'm such a rugged individual and i'm like yeah but you know we could help he's like, i put other. so many spices on my seafood yeah and he's like i could my show is cayenne pepper and it was like that's fine <laughs> but we we also could help you and and after what felt like months of really intense grueling negotiations Nullick was fine with it the whole time, but uh, yeah, she was like, "Yeah, no, we should do like, this." No, and Cajun was like, we, "No, we we're have, doing we this." Started the show, and Noel was like, "No, I'm, I'm from the Bayou," and we were like, "None of these are reasons <laughs> not to be on muddied waters." Um, but after months of that, seemingly it was actually seemingly. hours, but it felt like months. Minutes. We were finally able <laughs> minutes. It felt like it was months. It's uh, we finally chiseled, if you will this deal for lasting peace in our time and a show on sunday afternoon and a show on sunday afternoon at 3 p.m eastern at 3 p.m eastern and some of the stuff that they pitch i'm not even gonna i'm okay so i'm gonna do that horrible thing that people do i'm not gonna tell you what it is that they've pitched on things that they're gonna do on their show but i'm excited to watch these like i am super excited to watch this and i am I, I don't want to ruin their show, like spoil anything about their show. I'm going to let them tease whatever it is that they want to yeah. tease about it. But I am super excited about this. Very and excited. I am uh, very happy that they are now a member of the Muddied Waters family. I'm and uh, we welcome them wholeheartedly to the Muddied Waters family. And we hope that this lasts until the world ends. Yes. And a reminder for, for Eskimos and other people in Alaska – that's like 11 in the morning on Sunday. Yes. Because, and it's actually the previous Sunday because they're seven days behind us. No. Um, so uh, <laughs> it's, it is, I, I'm super excited. So uh, be sure to tune in uh, Sunday, June 13th at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, Eastern Daylight, whatever, which Eastern and uh and you will get to watch the thing that we literally begged cajun to do with us he put he put up quite the battle but you know what we broke him down and he is now he actually physically punched the air while we were talking um, yeah he said i live near alligators and we're like again none of this is a reason so do we not yeah, to, that made has nothing, nothing to that, do with the terms right. of a of a partnership agreement. Right. So 
They will be joining us. Make sure that you turn in June, tune in June 13th, 3 p.m. Eastern. If you're in the frozen tundra of Alaska, uh, that would be 11 a.m. And you too can enjoy. If you're on the left coast, it's new. (laughs) For many of you left coasters, it'll be a great way to wake up. You soy boys, it's at noon. Um, So we're really excited about that. But you know what we're not excited about? (laughs) He said somehow this now feels like a real historical event. It is. No, this is a big deal. Speaking of historical events, the Supreme Court decided unanimously that tribal governments and their police officers have the power to temporarily detain non-Indians suspected of breaking federal or state laws within reservations. Now, what I learned by this is that they weren't already allowed to do that. Yeah. In other in, in breaking news... <laughs> Tribal governments and police officers were not allowed to detain non-Indians suspected of breaking federal or state laws, making them completely different from literally any other police officer ever. Yeah. So this started from a case, um, Cooley, United States versus Cooley. Uh, Cooley was arrested on Indian reservation. Um, He was stopped and he ended up being searched by a uh, native police officer who was a member of the reservations police squad. Uh, The defense suggested that the officer should have assessed Cooley's Indian status and then let him go upon realizing he was a non-Indian unless the officer actively witnessed him committing the crime. Um, A framework that the prosecuting jurisdiction, the United States argued was unworkable and unsafe for officers and tribal uh, communities, which I get that. Like, if you don't yeah. see them committing the crime, but you suspect them. Um, so that was the argument was he wasn't he was not uh, he did not hold Indian status. Therefore, he should not have been able to be held by the native police officers. So. They ended up ruling that, no, they can do that. Um, unfortunately, the federal crime was he <laughs> The, the arrest led to uh, prosecution on federal drug and firearm charges, which I feel like he shouldn't have been arrested for. But at the same time, if it's there, like, why wouldn't they be allowed to do this already? So this is the thing. There's two there's two issues here. Drugs and guns should not be crimes. Those are victimless crime laws. But let's right. pretend for a moment that we you know, got rid of all victimless crime laws. So the only laws on their books are laws that are, you know, where crimes are things where you have a victim, you know, rape, murder, uh, extortion, um, theft, uh, assault, something like that. And someone has committed a state or federal crime of hurting someone and then escapes to a native reservation. Do the natives there have the, uh, the, the, the police there or the natives there have the power to be able to detain someone who's suspected of actually hurting someone and in that case our overwhelming answer would be yeah why would yeah. they that's they sh- why would the fact that someone that's so it's i mean imagine you go to uh pennsylvania when i'm in pennsylvania and and they say oh you know and if i were wanted for something in another state and i went well you can't arrest me i'm not pennsylvanian 
like that that doesn't make any sense it makes so, no sense yeah or even if it i makes... go to because you know the argument is well the tribal nations are their own sovereign nations well they're kind of not they, if they are treat them that way but that's a whole other subject but if i go to canada and i wanted for something back in the states and they want me and the canadian police arrest me i can't go you can't arrest me i'm not canadian so it doesn't it doesn't make makes any sense no sense. Wouldn't be able to but apparently, so apparently, it's been an issue in the past. Because why else would this become an argument where they needed to rule on it? <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. So for those of you who've been skipping to the the native reservations to to get away from the feds, turns out you can't do that anymore. Can't do that. No, cannot do that. To... They they can't arrest you and detain you there. They can't arrest and detain you there now. So now what we have to do is fight to turn native reservations into sanctuary nations of for all these crimes. Then then we're getting somewhere. Then they're choosing yeah. not to. Speaking of, of sanctuary nations, uh, later this month on my birthday weekend, uh, June 25th to 27th, I am going to be in uh, Michigan in the – where is this in Michigan? At the Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort – I'm, it's it's in like central Michigan. I'm not sure the. It's actual, in Michigan. It's in Michigan, but it's in the Saginaw Chippewa Tribal Nation. Now I know what you're probably thinking. Why would the Libertarian Party of Michigan have their convention at a native reservation? Well, because it's Michigan, and right now, uh, indefinitely, the state is locked down, and you can't have any events there, even though COVID is very much on the decline, uh, and uh, in in Michigan has demonstrated. Uh, that the lockdowns have done nothing to slow the spread of COVID. That is not stopping uh, Gretchen Whitmer uh, and her terrible husband from continuing to uh, impose themselves on the lives and rights and property of the people of Michigan. But the Saginaw Chippewa Nation said, hey, screw you. We're a sovereign nation. We do what we want. And Michigan has repeatedly tried to order them to comply with the uh, the COVID orders that were ruled unconstitutional about a year ago. And uh, and the Saginaw Nation said, no, screw you. We're our own tribe. So I'm all about tribal sovereignty. If for no other reason, then they routinely thumb their nose at state and federal uh, laws and, uh, and and mandates. So um, Rob- that was a shameless Robin- plug. Robin Dominic said that she heard that the Soaring Eagle Casino has really good pizza. Yes, because of Whit- because of Whitmer's thing last oh, week, okay. where oh, she yes, said yes. at Land Sharks, and she goes, "I don't know if you know this or not, but they they have really good pizza," which is why I was there with more people than I'm supposed to be there with, without my mask on. And I love she went. They got really good pizza. It's like, yeah, no, I'm sure they do, but you've been telling everyone to let their lives that be was, destroyed. That was. That was such a bad line for anybody who didn't see last week's episode. That was such a bad line. Spike thought I made it up, and yeah, he did the rim, he did the rim shot uh, gif yeah. that we do. Yeah, and uh, you said you said that Gretchen Whitmer uh, uh, said, "Well, it was really good pizza," and I'm like, <laughs> "And no, but it turns out she actually said she that. actually said it." She because I'll throw in stupid jokes every once in a while and it'll hit me with that. But that one was so bad by a politician that he thought I that I made it up, which is insulting to me. But <laughs> <laughs> no, but it was funny. It was a funny, like stupid one liner. But she said it. But she said and it. She said it to a state that she has mangled 
by not letting people live their lives for over a year now, even after the Supreme Court ruled that it was unconstitutional. She's like, you hear her, who does like, she think she is? Abraham Lincoln? So, oh, oh. so yes, it is in Mount Pleasant, um, <laughs> Michigan, and uh, it is on the 25th. Uh, through the 27th, and if you go to, I think it's LP, let me double check, lpmichigan.org, I think it is, nope, is it Michigan, give me one second, I'll tell you the website you can go to, party, there we go, it is michiganlp.org, you can get more information about the event, and you can register to be a part of it, I'd love to have you there, Uh, I will be speaking, I'll be doing all sorts of stuff, signing autographs, doing Q&A, hanging out with my peeps, and hopefully talking with, we're organizing to talk with some of the tribal nations there to talk about tribal sovereignty. Maybe I can float our sanctuary nation for everything plan that we just came up with now. So speaking of shameless plugs. Yes. Joe Biden. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Wow. Ooh, man, I thought about that one like four, four minutes ago and I was That's like, God, incredible. I can't wait to get to the end of this. Uh, Joe Biden was speaking at Joint Base Langley and Eustis in the Commonwealth of Virginia ahead of Memorial Day, uh, where he wants to make sure that everybody stays cool, just so you know. Uh, Being sure to thank Governor Blackface for all he has done to support the troops in Virginia uh, before this weird off-the-cuff moment right in the middle of his speech. I'm especially honored to share the stage with Brittany and Jordan and Nathan and Margaret Catherine. I, uh, I love those barrettes in her hair, man. I tell you what, I'm looking at her. She looks like she's 19 years old, sitting there with her, like a little lady in her legs. <laughs> Brittany, you're doing triple duty as a vet. So, we all know that Joe Biden is, he has creepy moments. And then he has those moments that are. He's so. Why is he so creepy? <laughs> like, like, you know that before he goes out to do any speech, his handlers are sitting there going, "Joe, Joe, please. Joe, Joe, please. just read the teleprompter. Look at me. Just don't so, say things about just, girls. Just read the teleprompter. Don't even. Don't go. Don't say anything else at all." Because we don't know what's going to leave your mouth. Just read the words on the screen as they are being highlighted. Follow the bouncy ball, Joe. Just follow the bouncy ball. <laughs> Say this. And then she, she look, look at her berates and her hair. She looks like a, a no, Joe. Just read, talk about read, housing. The, like, I could not imagine being one of his handlers as he starts going off coffee. I'm here with Brittany and the. Nathaniel and uh, whatever, I don't know, and little Mary, Mary Catherine, Catherine, look at her oh. with the barrettes in her hair. She's, she looks, she just looks like a 19, it's just like, no, Joe, shut up, what? shut up, Joe, shut up. It's not even why is he so creepy, because there's a lot of creepy people out there. How, how did he become the president of America? And don't say Trump, because I know that's the answer. But, I was going to say because like, he didn't do mean tweets. I know because he didn't no mean tweets. But that's I don't know. I think I'd rather someone tweet meanly than say that shit. Jesus, God, <laughs> what the hell? Like why? 
<laughs> I saw that video and I was like, well, there's no way I'm not putting that on the air. No, oh, gosh. I absolutely right. am putting that on the air. It would be negligent journalism not to tell people <laughs> how creepy. We'd be Joe CNN Biden if we were. My God. Ah, what a freaking weirdo. Right? Like, what an absolute gosh. He got more votes than anybody in history. I know. No, people saw that and went, well, at least he's not orange. More votes than anybody in history. Anyone in history. So speaking of things that are depressing, Amtrak uh, has asked the government for $75 billion with a B to service improvements along 25 existing routes that almost no one uses because it's Amtrak, the creation of another 39 that no one will use, and the expansion of services to 160 new cities across the country in the name of environment, in the name environmentalism. of environmentalism, because nothing says the environment like trains, just a chugging along. Now, the pl- trains. Here, so- here, here, here's the trains. thing. Here's the thing. Uh, their argument is less cars on the road will less cars on the road, less people driving to travel uh, will create less CO two. Blah blah blah. Get it? All right, fine. I get your argument. What they also asked Congress was for the power to sue private railroads that don't prioritize Amtrak's passenger trains. The majority of these uh, private rail, uh, these private rail tracks, railroads, these private railroads are like 70, uh, about 70 percent of the miles Amtrak trains travel are private owned and they are all free. That's what we actually use them for. Exactly. They, They are all freight railroads and they are used in order to make sure that goods get around the country in the cleanest way possible. Mm hmm. Because unlike and, people, that's actually a good way to move freight. Right. They move it to different locations where it's then unloaded onto trucks who then take the who then go and, and move this up. And actually, incident well, we'll talk about that in a second. Go ahead. Right. So if this happens, if this happens, yeah, a vast majority of the freight in this nation will have to be moved to trucks. And the trucks will now be driving across the country, releasing more CO2 than the cars would have of the people that were on the train. Yep. Oh, and the cost of all the goods and services you get. I know you were probably thinking, man, it's way too cheap to get stuff I need. Well, good news, because this would make it go up. Now, you're probably thinking, yeah, schmuck, you're always complaining about stuff. But libertarians, I bet you don't have a solution to this. Actually, we do. It's called repealing the damn Jones Act because it's the Jones Act that has us using freight as the pri- or, or uh, freight rail as the primary means of moving freight across the country. So it's actually cheaper, minus the Jones Act, it's actually cheaper to use boats to ship things from one side of the country over to the other side of the country using the Panama Canal. Thanks to the Jones Act, which exponentially drives up the cost of using of using um, uh, uh, maritime freight uh, uh, distribution or, or, or shipping, it now makes it where it costs less, comparatively, to use trains. 
So the whole use of freight trains isn't because it's actually the best and most efficient way to do it, and certainly not the most environmentally friendly way to do it. It would actually be way cheaper and more environmentally friendly to do it by boat, but thanks to the Jones Act, we're now still using trains. So if they repealed the Jones Act, that would free up the rails quite a bit. It would also lower the cost of of, um, of the freight that's being moved across the country. It would actually make freight, right now, it's cheaper to ship something from China to California or from China to New York than from California to New York or New York to California, thanks to the Jones Act. Get rid of the Jones Act. We're more competitive there. We're more um, environmentally friendly and moving stuff within the country. And we free up the rails to use them for whatever the hell they want. It's, no one wants to use rails. Real usage is only because of regulation and subsidy. So the real answer is to be environmentally friendly by getting rid of regulations that move things to things that are less environmentally friendly. So there. So there. So um, yeah, he kind of covered everything else in the notes right there. Now, Joe Biden uh, has a uh, did make a statement about the uh, the situation with Amtrak. Uh, he has for a long time talked a lot about Amtrak, and he did want to weigh in. Uh, quite a bit. And I had a nurse at, at uh, nurses at uh, Walter Reed Hospital who would bend down and whisper in my ear and go home and get me pillows. They would make sure they'd actually probably nothing ever taught in uh, you can't do it in the COVID time, but they'd actually breathe in my nostrils to make me move, to get, get me moving. That's a good point. You know, this that is the single greatest sound bite that we have ever found. Yeah. It's why we will continue using it forever. Ad infinitum. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely forever. Uh good news, everybody. Uh Jack Casey is in the comments, so apparently he made enough money to bond out. So we freed Jack uh, Casey, everyone. Good we job. We freed Jack Casey. Good job to all of you who went to the royalgreen.com and purchased Jack Casey's books. Uh so you know. He is out and he is safe. And we'll find out what happens once he goes to trial. Um, Jacob in the comment says, I got hairy legs that turn blonde in the sun is my favorite random phrase to say out loud. Joe Biden's as well. That's his. Yeah. That and Corn Pop was a bad dude are his go-tos. Um, Corn Pop was a bad dude. I saw, So I actually it, saw it on Twitter um, where it was on black Twitter and people were sharing that clip of Joe Biden and they're like, he's calling us roaches and he's talking about how he made us touch his hair. And I'm like, oh, you just found this out. You just saw this? We've been we've, we've been talking about this for two years. Like 2018, I think, when this came, or 2019 when this came out. We've been talking about this. Uh, Sarah Foster mentions uh, LNG, natural gas conversion for 18-wheelers. There's a ton of different things that would make the use of uh, that with the moving of freight and people way more cheap and way more safe and way more environmentally uh or friendly you're going to be shocked at why it's not happening it rhymes with schmegulations speaking of schmegulations we schmegulate the next segment of this show, which is, of course, the personal injury attorney, Chris Reynolds, attorney at law, anchor call-in moment, where you can go to anchor.fm slash muddiedwaters, and you can leave messages for us, and we will answer them during this segment, the personal injury attorney, Chris Reynolds, attorney at law, anchor call-in moment. Now, in addition to leaving us messages, you can also press that old donate button. 
and become a monthly member of the Spike and Matt Chris Reynolds Club. Club. Show. Thing. Show. Segment. Spiky, the Spiky Mouse Club. We're going to work on the name of that, but you can go to anchor.fm slash muddywaters and you can leave us some fantastic messages just like the ones that we're about to play right. <laughs> we don't have any. Yeah, I forgot to tell you that we don't have any Chris Reynolds calls. <laughs> I knew there was something I needed to tell you. Um, so yeah, we don't have any messages this week. Some could blame the fact that I did not do a call for it on Monday uh, to say, hey, be sure to insert your questions at, at anchor.fm slash muddiedwaters uh, before 7 o'clock tomorrow. Others could blame Clubhouse because now everybody's just talking on there and they don't want to waste <laughs> their voice on Anchor. That's true. Um... So we... Let's, uh, all right, everybody in the comments, just roll off some questions and we'll yeah, answer yeah, three of some, them. Give us a couple questions and we'll answer the first four of them. Sure. Sure. <laughs> we'll answer well, the first so four of them. People, and, people Andrea on YouTube. Andrea mentions uh, that liquid natural gas is much more complicated and expensive to transport and store. It is more uh, expensive. It, well, it's more complicated it doesn't necessarily have to be more uh, expensive. I was actually talking with someone who is in this space, who is actually coming up with a way uh, to liquefy natural gas and be able to have microprocessing centers um, that can um, that can actually liquefy the gas because uh, it's compressing it. And um, it's not a lot of the expense comes from federal regulations that are making it prohibitively expensive to liquefy it, to compress it, and then to ship it. Um, it is six times more or eight times more dense than, or 80 times, much more dense, uh, than regular gasoline and ha and is, is much, much, much cleaner, uh, than gasoline or diesel or anything else. And it can easily, you know, you can retrofit, uh, engines or make engines that just burn on natural gas. Like it is, I think it's going to be that bridge, uh, as the electric vehicle, space continues to become more and more efficient and, and displace um, the the combustion engine model, it's going to be that liquid natural gas is going to be that gap, that kind of stop gap between that time until eventually electric is the most efficient way to to be able to transport people and and uh, and um, and freight and whatever else on the land. Uh, and then after that, long after uh the long after electric displace like battery operated vehicles displace uh, uh internal combustion on the ground you're still going to need it for the air um for like airplanes and things like that and possibly for maritime purposes as well and lng can work there as well so it's actually it's a it's a pretty cool thing um let's see we have some questions here yeah there's um, oh, Robin Dominic, best fundraising ideas. Uh, Smash Room. I was going to say the Smash Room that Liz Terwilliger came up with. Fantastic, mm -hmm. fantastic idea. Loved it. So the, um, I actually, there's a, a great way to. I'll do this shameless plug again. 
Another great, great way to raise funds is to have people pay to come and shoot guns with me at a gun range. And I know what you're thinking. Hey, Spike, that's not... Are you going to do that? Yep, I sure am. On uh, July 17th, I will be in Florida in... Pinellas County. Pinellas County, Florida, at the Philosopher and Spike Cohen shooting event at the... Doesn't say where. Oh God! It's at a. It's at a. It's at. It's at a range. It's the it's the largest range. It's like the largest closed gun range in America. It's at the Reload Quality Indoor Shooting Range in Tarpon's Tarpon, Tarpon. 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 Tarpon Springs, Florida, uh, and we will be doing that on Saturday evening. Uh, we're also going to do a, a, a talk and photo op before that, uh, a VIP mixer afterwards. Um, and uh, and you are, uh, if you go to, I'm going to get the link. If you go, I'm going to get the link to how you can, how you can be a part of this. There we go. It's on Eventbrite. And you can be a part of this. I'm going to put it in the comments now. And uh, but if you also, if you just Google philosopher Spike Cohen range event, it'll it's the first thing that comes up. Um, and if you go to Spike Cohen, see, I, I got to remember to keep plugging this. If you go to SpikeCohen.com and go down to my upcoming events, it's listed there, uh, happening in uh, in you July. You have a website now. I have a website, SpikeCohen.com. Oh. Did I tell you that? <laughs> no. Yeah, SpikeCohen.com. <laughs> Oh. And for anybody who's going to uh, that event um, with the philosopher and Spike, uh, Sarah and I will also be there. So you yes. will ha- get a chance to meet the entire muddied team. Well, you know, not Cajun and Eskimo, but, you know, the the people who have been the here for a while. The original core The original, team. well. Well, you know what? I mean, Cajun and Eskimo the- can come. We're giving them like over a month's notice. That's true. They can come. I I just it's don't want to guarantee that they're going to meet. No, we can't. Yeah, we can't guarantee it. I mean, it would we can't be a guarantee it. For it'd be a schlep for Nullick, but right could get there. I mean, if she started walking now, I now, feel she'd die. She would get to Anchorage in time and die. And we don't well, probably not. That. Actually, she wouldn't die. She probably she wouldn't die. She'd be Anchorage. fine. Yeah, no, she'd be fine. She'd eat bear along the way. Um, <laughs> she would just pack bear in her back in her satchel on the way there to be this, this red <laughs> line of carnage of where she made her way through to, to uh, I love her so much um, to to she Anchorage. does have yeah. sleigh dogs though apparently according to Cajun so oh okay well see that speeds her up by about triple so up it, well yeah up until she gets to the lower 48 where there's no snow then it's just, then it slows her down because it doesn't have wheels. Quite a bit. Quite a bit, actually. <laughs> it's kind of depressing to watch dogs have to try to do that. Um, but Noel should be able to get. We'll, we'll see. We, we, no guarantees. But uh, Matt and Sarah and uh, Tasha and I will be there, uh, and that is a great way to raise money by coming and shooting guns with us. That was That's actually right. proposed Fantastic as way. an idea during the campaign, and we had tens of thousands of dollars in pledges from people who wanted to do it, and then it got shot down. Because, so um that's that question um <laughs> um let's see um 
Well, Malik has a good point. The salmon are running and she has to fish. Oh, okay. Well, then, yeah. No, you you can't fault her for that. But as soon as the salmon are done, I actually knew that the salmon were running them because of my short period of time in Alaska. So Zeno Um, Bell asks, uh, just a question on how you feel on regulation of the development of new forms to harness energy for new EV vehicles. I think that it shouldn't be regulated and that the market is going to provide way better things than government's going to get, going to give us. For example, right now, the cleanest, safest, most environmentally friendly and, uh, and cheapest form of energy, bar none, is nuclear. And when I say nuclear, sometimes people go, oh my gosh, nuclear, what about Three Mile Island, Fukushima, Hiroshima and or not Hiroshima that's not an example of nuclear energy uh Chernobyl is what I meant not Hiroshima I guess technically Hiroshima's gonna recover from this Chernobyl Three Mile Island and Fukushima my gosh Spike yes those are the three times something happened now I can't even begin to list off all of the accidents and deaths that have happened from other mass forms of energy it's like how air travel is so safe that we can name the times that it has failed. Commercial air, air travel has failed in the past few years. That's how nuclear is. It is easily the safest and the cheapest and the most environmentally friendly of all of the forms of, of mass production of energy right now. And the only reason that it isn't widespread is because of government regulation. And in fact, it's holding back innovations in the nuclear space, like thorium salt reactors and other things like that, because again, it's so heavily regulated that it's prohibitively expensive to make a new nuclear power plant. That stops us from being able to have the plentiful, cheap energy we need to make new innovations in energy. You can't make new forms of energy without having to be able to expend the energy to research the new forms of energy. So the answer is get government out of it. So uh, Sally Ann asked, uh, hang on a second, I just had it, and then somebody commented. Sally Ann asked about what we think about the, where did you go? She, there it is. Uh, What do you have to say about the cyber attack on the JBS meat processing company? Now, so all of you may remember just a few short weeks ago uh, when the Colonial Pipeline got a, a similar thing happened. Um, A similar thing happened and uh, they got, hacked by some ransomware and they shut down oil to basically the entire East coast uh, and ended up paying a $5 million ransom, I believe um, to make sure that uh, they would let go because, you know, that's how ransoms and blackmail work. That's how it works. Well, when you keep paying it, then that really shows mm -hmm. them. Right. When you continually give them more money, they really enjoy it. And then they realize that it works. Um, Also, I don't know how true this is. I saw it on a guy's show that I used to really respect, but he's gotten a little, uh, he's gotten a little out there recently, but he said that they didn't even hack the infrastructure of colonial and only the billing. Is that true? I don't, that I don't know. I just know they got hacked and I know that um, they shut everything so, down because they didn't want it to be more widespread. So it may have been possible that it just affected billing 
but they shut down the network because they didn't want it to infect the rest okay. of the system or something. That I'm not, I'm not sure. No, it's not Alex Jones, Ken. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I, I, I saw that and I was like, why would they shut down the infrastructure if, but yeah, that makes sense. Um, so with the with the JBS uh, meat processing, I was reading a little bit about that this morning. It's the same sort of thing. They've already shown that they're going to pay. And this is one of the largest meat production companies in America. Uh, this is going to, like, since the, we can say roughly since January 6th, uh, because I can't think of the exact dates, but roughly since, you know, the, the attack on the Capitol. Uh, Meat prices, specifically red meat prices, have been hit by inflation harder than anything else in the grocery store. Did you know that? I knew it was um, one of the highest. I know it was like yeah, meat it's, and 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 dairy and, and dairy. lumber were like building supplies, yeah. meat and dairy were like the three biggest sectors that were being hardest hit by um price right. increases. Yeah. Um this is what you're gonna see is you're gonna see even a higher cost of meat production because they're going to shut down like they're going to have to shut down production lines if it's the same sort of situation right, right. much like they did with uh colonial with the colonial pipeline uh when colonial paid they showed the company's will and that means that they're going to continue doing it to mm-hmm. large producers in america yeah now this goes to the question, and you're 100% right, when you negotiate with hostage takers, they keep taking hostages because you showed them you're going to pay them. That's that's a problem. Here's the other pro- part of the problem. Going back to the pipeline, uh, Colonial Pipeline, why the hell is there one pipeline that's providing nearly half of the energy needs for the entire East Coast? You're probably wondering, wouldn't there be like different competition to be able to provide different types of energy and different types of pipelines and different means of production. Yeah, you would if you didn't have the government so heavily regulating it in the first place. Now, far be it for me to be a libertarian and blame everything on regulation, but here I go. The reality is that when the market is severely limited and bottlenecked to create mega profits for crony businesses at the behest of those cronies for the politicians that they put in place, this is what happens. You can have a single hacking of a single system of a single company completely shut down your supply of that thing, or at least greatly reduce your supply of that thing. Previously oil, and now in this case, beef. The reason we have this, this factory farm big ag system in place to begin with is because the U.S. Department of Agriculture is increasingly... Uh, driving up the regulatory burden, the cost, the barrier of entry cost to even be a supplier, a commercial supplier of agricultural goods, food and things like that in the first place, which means that the farms are getting bigger and bigger and bigger and more and more and more centralized. People assume it's because that's more efficient. It is not. It is not more efficient. It is incredibly bloated, incredibly wasteful. There's a tremendous amount of waste that's happening as a result of it, not to mention the environmental damage and the and the, the, the health concerns and everything else. It's bloated and inefficient, but it's the only way to do business because if you keep driving up the cost of, of business and if you keep subsidizing the smaller farmers to not produce crops and meat, 
this is what happens. And now, instead of having thousands of different providers to choose from so that if this company gets hacked, oh, well, that's too bad. They're going to have to figure that out. But there's 999 other people to be able to provide it. Now, now that's really about it. That's They're one of the few people in the game. This is what happens when bottlenecks are created to protect corporate profits by politicians at the behest of the cronies who put them in office. One of the many bad things that comes in addition to reduced access to the things that you need, increased pricing, and another terrible part of that is if something goes down, if they have a leak, or if they have a uh, um, a, a hacking, or if they have a recall or a shutdown, remember when romaine lettuce, you couldn't get any? These are the things that happen when things are bottlenecked as a result of the regulatory capture that comes from government. Get rid of the regulations, decentralize the power, free the markets, and you're going to have cheaper prices, more access, more disruption and innovation, which leads to better things coming out of that market. And when something like this happens, you don't completely shut down that market. So also, uh, speaking of regulation, especially on the gas industry, uh, earlier today, I'm certain everybody out there has noticed that gas prices have gone up. Yes. A little bit. Roughly a, a third. Slightly. Yeah. Uh, so earlier today, the Biden administration announced that it will suspend all oil and gas contracts in Alaska's Arctic National Wildlife Refuge amid gas prices. Uh, rising. So he shut down Keystone, which I've never been a big fan of Keystone Pipeline because they took the land. They just took it. They were like, no, we're going to take that land. Keystone was an eminent domain nightmare. Yeah. I was not a fan of Keystone at all. Yeah. Am I a fan of pipelines? Yeah. I want you to get the land the way you're supposed to get it. Um, Don't use it for eminent domain. Don't say eminent domain. We need it. So we're going to give you, you know, the fair market value of your land. And if it's your house that we're taking, sorry. Uh, Even if you've lived there for 40 years or whatever, I don't know if that's an actual story, but that's how it works. Um, So he shut down Keystone, uh, which would have helped with uh, gas and oil prices uh, throughout all of America. And then he shut down in New Mexico, any of the, he shut down any of the contracts in New Mexico or Arizona. I don't remember. It was like right when he first started. Um, And now he's shutting down the contracts in Alaska. Gas is going to get very expensive very soon. In Southern California right now, it's roughly six bucks a gallon. Uh, Where I am, it's 280, 290. Um, I have no idea what it is where Spike is because I don't live there. It's it's about Um, the same. Yeah. It's, it's, I think a little bit less. It's like two set. Last time I got gas, it was two sixty something, but that was a few days ago. So it might it might be yeah. in the two eighties now. Yeah. yeah, I got it right before Memorial Day weekend, and it was like two seventy. And then the next day, it was up because it's yeah. Memorial Day weekend. Right. So it's probably the same here. Yeah. Yeah. So because of regulations, because of government, because of you know uh, government intervention into so many different aspects of our lives, we are going to continually see these prices going up and these prices going back down, depending on who is in office. Um, $2.99 in Ohio. Uh, But um, it's another example of government regulation making it impossible for us to live lives without being constantly, for lack of a better word, shat on by the policies of the administration that is in office. And intentionally so. So the Biden administration wants to... uh, 
make people want to have these these uh, renewables, quote unquote. And so they're driving up the cost of gasoline, thinking that that will make people say, oh, well, then I guess we can't use gasoline anymore. We better use these renewables. That That's not what it makes people do. It makes people say we need the price of gas to go down because my car, my vehicle that I use every day uses gasoline. This is what central planning brings us. Because central planning is done by people who are so disconnected from reality, they have no fucking clue how life works. Because it works for them however the hell they want it to because they make other people do stuff for them. So if they create a new market reality where everyone has to switch to renewables and everyone has to switch to electric vehicles, no biggie to them because they just rob those same people to get the stuff that they need. For the rest of us who have to actually provide value to others in order to get the things, the money that we need to be able to live our lives, not so much. And so this is what ends up happening. These bad things happen. Keystone was an absolute eminent domain nightmare. Let's be let's be clear about it. And, and by the way, that's not why they shut it down. They shut it down because of uh, so-called environmental concerns, even though pipelines right. are way safer to transport uh, uh, oil and, and other, um, and other uh, fossil transporting fuels. Transporting it by truck. By truck or train. Give me a break. It is, it's not even comparable. It's, it is exponentially more... I know I've used exponentially many times, but every time it's been correctly used on this episode, it is exponentially safer and uh, and and better and more efficient. The problem is when you have the government say, oh, nice thousand acres of land you have, I'm going to buy by force about a total of three acre strip right in the middle of your property. It's going to cut it right down the middle. I'm not going to pay you for the fact that I've just rendered a good bit of your property unusable because I've cut it in half. I'm going to pay you for that, that, you know, 50 foot by however many foot property that I've taken, that I've taken from you completely irrespective of the fact that I've just rendered the rest of your property or a good bit of your property unusable or less usable by putting a freaking pipeline right in the middle of it. So here's your money. Uh, you can't do anything about it. They were also doing this to tribal lands. They, this was eminent domain is terrible for many reasons and, and, eminent domain for something that is ultimately a private you know this is coming from a from private companies who are making a profit off of it great pay people what the land's worth and and if you're making all this profit fantastic pay people what their land's worth you can find an agreeable way to get people to sell their land and if this one one doesn't want to sell their land maybe this one will and if it costs more good because it needed to have cost more you were having it cost less because you were using government force to force people to sell it for pennies on the dollar what what you were actually taking from them so that that's a bad thing so we're not shedding tears over keystone and yes it's terrible that jobs were lost but that's like saying oh uh we should seize this person's farmland and build a mini mall on it because think of all the jobs it'll create no it it, you can create jobs by buying property justly and then using it for commercial purposes that's fantastic you can't rob people and then say but think of the jobs right it's terrible that those jobs were lost and and the people whose jobs were lost they weren't the ones that were trying to rob people they're the innocent bystander victims of bad policy on top of bad policy. But that doesn't justify the theft that happened as a result of it. Um, it, it, Not allowing drilling in Anwar, not allowing drilling offshore. These are, they are intentionally, and also the, the, the stimulus policy that's driving up the cost of everything. They want you desperate. I've said this many times. They want you desperate. They want you scared. They want you anxious. They want you unable to afford just to live because then you become more dependent on them. Harry Brown, 
probably the best presidential candidate the Libertarian Party has ever had, in my opinion. My opinion. Uh, Harry Brown once said, government is good at one thing. They know how to break your legs, hand you some crutches from the, and I add, from the wallet, they, from the money they stole from you, they pay for the crutches, hand you some crutches, and then say, hey, if it wasn't for me, you wouldn't have those crutches. Well, yeah, if it wasn't for you, I wouldn't need them either. And this is what government does. They make you dependent on them, and then they help you by robbing you to give you back some of what they took from you uh, as long as you can prove that you need it. And that's, that is yep. the story of what government does to you, and that's what they're doing in gas. Yes. Thank you. Can't can't say anything more. Um, Could. Um, that's we'll do. We'll, I guess we can do one more question and then. Yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> we have to scroll up. Oh, I've got one. Why? Um, just why? Just why? Well, that's a good one. You could take that one. Um, why? Because. 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 because we love you. S P I K E Spiky Club. Well, we didn't. No, nope. you did that wrong. It's S P I. I'm Spike Cohen. K E Y. Why you are the power. M O U S E. Let's. We're gonna have to definitely come up with a different name for that. Yeah. Um. So speaking yeah. of absolute scumbags murderous scumbags with the most punchable faces ever now in all fairness we have used that phrase on this show a lot we used it about nick sandman oh but you know what and, and ultimately it, it turned out he didn't even do anything wrong but yeah that doesn't that doesn't mean he didn't yeah, have a punchable but face. yeah no he definitely had one of those kind of faces. he did yeah he had a punchable face and, he didn't um, even and we used it about david hogg Oh, God. We've used it about David Hogg and Nick Sandman. Yes. But this is the first adult that we've really ever... <laughs> like, <laughs> we've graduated to picking fights with adults. Um, <laughs> so let's talk about David Chipman. David this Chipman. So he's uh, Joe Biden's, obviously, he's Joe Biden's pick to be head of the ATF. Um, so he sat in front of the Senate uh, last week to discuss his potential de uh, appointment, the point, disappointment. Disappointment, um, yeah, I know, the disappointment. Disappointment for many of us. Um, but before we get to how that went, we were lucky enough to acquire video of Chipman's vision for American gun owners, and we wanted to share that with you. Yes, we are very happy to show this to you. That's not inaccurate. That's not. <laughs> nope, that's not inaccurate, even, even a little bit. No, um, I will say that Superfan Sarah Andrag did not like the many takes of that video that I made because I just kept playing screaming noises. Yeah, no, that would get annoying and I'm glad I don't live with you. But I, I, I mean, it's accurate. That is, he liked it. He was happy. He posed in front of that exact thing happening. We all remember he, David Chipman. In, in the trial, he denied it. In the hearing, he denied that was him. Yeah, no, that's, that's him. Look at that. Look at that face. <laughs> 
so, I mean, we all remember him pushing these falsehoods uh, about the events in Waco. Uh, we'll, we'll put up some of the stuff he said, saying that the, the Branch Davidians were, where is it, were shooting down uh, 50, <laughs> using 50 caliber uh, uh, Barrett rifles to shoot down Texas Air National Guard helicopters. Uh, it's just uh, just total nonsense that is completely true he still refuses to edit or retract his statement after being called out right. he's an absolute liar and he uses his lies to justify murdering children there was a post that he made uh, right at the beginning of covid i don't know if i put this in the i don't think i did um so there was a post that he made right at the beginning like it was march of last year and liberty university was sending kids back to school and he compared Liberty University to a cult. Now, from the man who was at least partially responsible for the burning of innocent people in Waco, that has to be a really terrifying thing for him to say. Yeah, because okay. their justification they're a cult. was, yeah, was, oh, the justification was, oh, well, they're a cult. Yeah, that's a reason to burn children, huh? Right. Oh, uh, uh, David Koresh. Uh, was grooming some of them and having sex with them. That's terrible. He should be arrested for that, which is why you should have arrested him one of the many times that he took his motorcycle to town by himself for hours at a coffee. time. To get coffee. You could have literally just scooped him up easily with like a beat cop with no problem. Uh, instead, you chose to uh, conflagrate and, and, and create a standoff in a, a with a heavily armed compound uh, and murder his victims. If, if it's true that he did those things, you set his victims on fire with their parents and you only did any of it because you were afraid that clinton was going to cut the funding to the atf and you needed reasoning to have your agency yeah and so now you're aiming that ire at schools that reopened before a few months before the department of education said it was and cdc said it was fine to do so that's not scary huh So after uh, he left the ATF, he became a lobbyist for the gun control industry. Shocking. Because the person that you want in charge of the ATF is somebody who has been fighting to make sure that it was legal for everybody to own firearms in this nation. Um, he uh, has called gun owners racist. Yeah. Black Panther's unavailable for comment. Yeah. You're right. Um he called gun owners racist. Uh, he compared, uh, he has compared them to, well, I think I have some of those. Yeah, I got those later. Um, so the man who calls himself a gun expert considers himself to be the king of the gun experts, uh, yeah. had trouble answering simple questions like this. What's an assault yeah. weapon? Yeah, Senator, uh, um, the bill uh, to ban assault what, weapons is what is your dozens of pages. Of There's no way I could define an assault weapon. You don't have any. You're going to run an a this agency, and you don't have a definition of assault weapon. But I would be enforcing the definition that members yeah, of Congress. Yeah, but going to be has. issuing rules and regulations. Just give me your definition. Um, I'll give you one definition that ATF. Give me your definition. One definition that ATF currently. Give me your definition. I can give you one definition. If you won't answer my question, I, how can I vote for you? I'm not a fan of Kennedy, like in general, but yeah, he was not the only person to ask this line of questioning. Many of the senators did. They just wanted him to come out on the record to say what it was. What Tom Cotton, who I can't stand. I think that man is villainous scum. Um, he was one of the ones that was there 
also asking the same line of questioning. And uh, he was saying, you know, how, you know, what do you consider an assault weapon? And he says, well, you know, the ATF defines it. And what he, he says that he, the ATF's definition of an assault rifle would be any semi-automatic rifle capable of accepting a detachable magazine with a caliber above 22, which this comes from an ATF memo. And it's like heavily buried and it's not like public knowledge is something that if he hadn't said it, none of us would have even known it existed. Um, But he said he kept saying when Tom Cotton was questioning him, he kept saying, it is up to you to tell me what what an assault weapon you have to define. So you want us to pass a bill saying that we're banning assault weapons and then you don't want any input on that. And you just want us to tell you what an assault weapon is. And he's like, yes, I will just enforce the laws. And I'm like, you are a man who was fighting to get rid of the AR-15. We're going to get to that in a little bit, but Mm -hmm. you are a man that was fighting to get rid of the AR-15 for the entire nation because of how dangerous it is. And you want zero say on this? I don't believe you. And I don't believe that you will only stick to the law. You will, as many of the executive agencies do, just make your own proclamations and then do it. They did it with the honey badger. So, you know what is a a caliber above 22? Nine millimeter, because that's 0.38, I believe. Yep. Yeah. A 0.223. Yeah, 0.223. But also, depending on your definition of above, pretty much all pistol rounds would be considered that. And depending on how the ATF de- wants to decide what is or is not a rifle, uh, I've heard some declare it to mean anything with a rifled barrel, which would include yep. a pistol. <laughs> Anything, anything with the uh, forearm, what's that called? I, I forget the name of it. Uh, the forearm grip or whatever. The Oh, the, the yeah, anything with a, a, a detached, uh, extendable uh, forearm grip. Yeah, right. any of those things. Uh, anything with a barrel. So they tell you you can't have a barrel shorter than a certain length, but now, but then they're saying you can't have a pistol with a barrel longer than a certain length. So you could have conceivably have a situation where any weapon above 22 caliber, which means pretty much all pistols including except for 22 pistols that go bang every Thank time you, you pull the trigger could potentially be labeled an assault rifle and do you think for a second that the gun grabbers would be the least bit upset about that overreach of definition this is no. someone who lied about children that he helped set on fire saying that the people there were using 50 caliber barrets to shoot down uh, uh, Texas Air National Guard helicopters, uh, even though none of that happened and there were no Barretts recovered. No Barretts were recovered. They did. So it was in, in the report, in the report from uh, the Department of Justice, they shot at helicopters. They did not use 50 caliber Barretts. They just yeah. probably fired handguns, probably. Yeah. yeah. This is but who is nothing saying, was oh, no. shot down. I definitely don't want to tell you what an assault rifle is. What he thinks an assault rifle is should horrify you because it's mm-hmm. anything. Everything. It's everything. It's it's if you don't have to pull a lever or pump something or, you know, do some action before pulling the trigger each time, then and it's over 22, which again, over would include the vast majority of pistol rounds. More than likely, if you have a pistol, it's nine millimeter. That would be over 22. Mm-hmm. Then... Yeah. He also said, I got really worked up during a lot of these notes, by the way, just so everybody knows. 
He also said it is well within the powers of Congress to balance the rights we have under the Constitution and the responsibility as a nation to keep us safe. I agree. We should be disarming government or at least greatly reducing (laughs) uh, the armaments that they have, considering that the average law enforcement agent is several hundred times more likely than a civilian to kill someone. Despite being less than half a percent of the population, law enforcement agents commit over 10% of the homicides. Interesting. So, yes, I agree with him. We should definitely be disarming government, including him. So if I if, if, if I agree with anything with David Shipman on, it's that that man should never have a gun ever again. Ever, ever. ever. He admits to being a gun owner. He admits to it multiple times. And he's like, no, you have the he right tone. You, you have the right tone of weapon. Definitely not have have, have a gun ever. Mm. By the way, uh, in, in totally unrelated and, and unsurprising news, uh, David Chipman uh, is a principal in a company that sells gunshot detection software, which would be much more in, uh, in, uh, in, in demand if you effect- effectively made all weapons illegal or the vast majority of weapons illegal and then had to have, you know, government agencies and police departments make sure that they found any gunshot that was happening anywhere so they could investigate to find out if it was a assault rifle coincidentally uh david shipman would had would make billions many millions billions of dollars from billions that. yeah totally unrelated billions so um mike lee uh, asked uh, about comments Chipman had made comparing first-time gun owners to Tiger King uh, and telling them that if they were going to try to fight zombies, they would be better off hiding their weapons behind their tins of beef jerky. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He said, yep. new gun owners might think they are diehard, ready to go, but unfortunately, they're more like Tiger King and they're putting themselves and their families in danger secure that gun locked and loaded and hide it behind the cans of tuna and beef jerky that you have stored in a cabinet and only bring out that out if the zombies start to appear now this is a man who says he's also a gun owner right and this is projection this we all it's called projection so we already know that this man is uh vile uh just vilely for all of you out there who drink heavily and you will occasionally vomit and you dry heave and you like get that stomach acid stuff that comes up and it burns all the way up. And, uh, as it comes out, um, that is who this man is as a person, uh, because this was his response to Mike Lee asking him about that quote. Uh, with regards to the comments that I made on cheddar, um, that was a lengthy interview what I was trying to use is self-depreciating humor. The person who had a gun storm behind his tuna and beef jerky was me. And Bullshit. I was saying that... First all of all, look at this face. How do you... Look at that... Like, how does your mouth look like... He looks like the stereotypical, perpetually offended feminist mouth. Like that fish mouth thing. Where his mouth does the opposite of what your mouth... Your your upper lip isn't supposed to be curved up and your lower lip straight. That's supposed to be the opposite when you talk. Like, what the hell is this thing? 
I don't even know how to do that with my mouth. You can't. You literally look. You, hold on, hold on. I'll go back to this. You have to... I, yeah, there is this. no. So imagine you have to look yeah, at that I can't mirror every day. Okay, you have to look at that, and you, eventually you're so just outraged, you're like, "No one should be able to have a gun." <laughs> Anyway. Except for me. Except for me. Except for me. What's an assault yeah. weapon? Oh, no, wrong one. Yep, not that one. <laughs> that, that one. Uh, with regards to the comments that I made on... And that voice. Anyway. Cheddar. Um, that was a lengthy interview. What I was trying to use is self-depreciating humor. The person who had a this gun is such bullshit too. behind this his is, tuna lies. and beef jerky was me. And I was saying that all of us were acting in new ways as a response to COVID. And I thought that people should be very clear that when they bring a gun in their home, they need to be properly trained. So again, um, we have oftentimes the ability to talk to the media. Sometimes that's taken out of context. And I'm sorry for any confusion I made when I was trying to um, point out the fact that sometimes bringing a gun into your home if you're untrained is a particularly dangerous thing to do. Okay, so here's what he said again. Might think they are diehard ready to go, but unfortunately they're more like Tiger King and they're putting themselves and their families in danger. So he's now saying, oh, I'm totally just saying I'm putting my family in danger. Well, then why the hell do you want to head a law then enforcement why, right. Then why do you own a gun? If you why understand you this, gun? why do you own a gun? And why do you want to be in charge of people and guns? If you yourself are in fact, and I quote, putting themselves and their family in danger, then what the hell do you have any business owning a weapon or commanding other people who own weapons? You don't. So uh, Lee went on to, uh, to ask a little bit further. When you gave a similar comment to the Salt Lake Tribune, my hometown paper, in response to the legislation I had filed dealing with, with sound and suppressors, for firearms, recognizing that there are legitimate medical reasons why someone might want to protect their hearing using a combination of earplugs and sound suppressors. You said, quote, the only people that benefit from this bill are gun lobbyists and criminals who want easier access to deadly weapons. That's why this irresponsible legislation couldn't get passed when Republicans had complete control of Congress. Instead of making it easier for firearms, that could be used in ambushes and other attacks to enter our streets. Congress should focus on making the job of police officers who are trained to serve and protect the communities and their families safer. You're saying that the, the only people who could benefit from them are gun lobbyists and criminals who want to kill people. Is that statement also taken out of context? If so, what was the additional context? Senator, um, I was trying to contrast the fact that silencers are legal. You purchase no. them through the Bullshit. National Firearms Act. Well, the yeah, people yeah, yeah. who want them unregulated are those that want to have Look, easier you're access. You're not going to spit downwind and then tell us it's just raining. That's not what you said at all. Nor, nor is that the impact that this bill would have. No, that was a total lie. First of all, they're not that effectively was... legal anymore. And then second of all, <laughs> uh, that's not what you said. You literally said that only – by the way, let's keep something in mind because I blame Hollywood for part, part of this. People think that a suppressor – because they call it a silencer. There is no such thing. They think that when you put a suppressor on a gun, it goes – it does yeah. not. It is still <coughs> loud, okay? Yeah. If you put a suppressor on a gun, 
and I'm in this room, and you're in another room on another floor, and I shoot it, you still hear it. Through all the other rooms, you still hear it. It just doesn't sound, it doesn't hurt your ears, and it doesn't temporarily deafen everyone in this room. So the purpose of a suppressor is to make it just, a, it make the sound tolerable enough in, in combination with, um, with uh, a hearing protection yeah with ear protection to protect your ears when you're in like an indoor firing range or something like that okay yep. that's it is not this you know assassin's creed there is no such thing that's not real i don't even that's a, a poorly crafted movie plot there is no such thing um, it will make a good bit of noise and alert anyone that a, a shooting is happening. Do you know another use is if you live in an area that has a shooting range uh, outdoors and you don't want all of your neighbors within a mile to be pissed off every time someone shoots the gun because it does greatly reduce the sound of that gun uh, in, um, in, you know, a mile away or a half mile away. Now, I wonder, since we're talking about who would be the only people that would be interested in something, if I were to own a company uh, that created devices and sold devices that could detect gunshots from miles away, and someone created a health protection, hearing protection tool that would also make it harder for my devices to be able to detect gunshots, I wonder if that would have a negative impact on my ability to sell my device. This is cronyism. Plain and simple. And he will murder as many of you and your children as he needs to to control you and to sell his devices to law enforcement. And that's it. Yep. So going back real quick to the awful thing he said, where he says, well, within the powers of Congress to balance the rights we have under the Constitution and uh, the responsibility as a nation to keep us safe, he follows that with... Extending the National Firearms Act, which regulates machine guns and silencers to all assault weapons, would be a good way to balance the rights and responsibilities of Americans. So that means because the, the NFA makes it so that basically if you aren't rich, mm -hmm. you can't own uh, weapons that are regulated by the NFA, which are largely uh, uh, machine guns and automatic weapons. And I, and I do want to say, Mike Lee. I don't agree with him on everything, but when he was arguing yeah. with Chipman here, I had to cut out like so much of this yeah. just to get the points. But he was saying, he was like the, the fucking bullshit line that he said in there, but I was saying silences are illegal and yeah, you can't own them. He was like, yeah. there he's like, because of a 1930 law that puts them on the blah, blah, blah. Um, but he was like, yeah, but it, they're very hard to get. They're very expensive. There's massive amounts of red tape and uh, bureaucratic nonsense that you have to go, th go through in order to get it. And you want to make this process more difficult for more people, therefore making it where the government is then deciding whether or not somebody can own a gun. He made a very valid point that I wished I had time to put in the notes, but it was a very busy weekend. If David Shipman had his way, poor people would have to rely even more on the police who routinely abuse them to protect them. Simple as can be. 
And if that's what's required for him to sell more of his ridiculous devices and become a billionaire, well, then I guess you got to crack some eggs to make that omelet. This doesn't so, get better because we're now including Ted Cruz, which is never right. Which um, their voices not that far off from each other. No, I was as I was about to cue <laughs> this up. I'm like, this can't be off. Let's let's see. So ask if he would ban the AR. 15 and this is i already am not looking forward to this they are 15 there's is that voice one of if not the most popular rifle in america it's not a machine gun it's a rifle uh your public position is that you want to ban ar-15s is that correct uh with respect to the ar-15 on uh, i support uh, a, a ban as um as has been presented um in uh, a senate bill uh, and supported by the president. Um, the AR-15 is a gun I was issued on ATF's SWAT team, and no, it's a particularly no, lethal weapon. No, you weren't, you um, fucking liar. And regulating it as other particularly lethal weapons um, I have advocated for. Uh... No, it is not. No, Let's just, it is for not. those who, for the uninitiated, and I hope Zodiac drilled him on this afterwards, for the uninitiated, the AR-15 is a medium-game hunting rifle. It shoots a two-two-three round. It is. It looks similar to and is intense, stylized to look similar to the M4 carbine, 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 the uh, M16, and actual military-grade weapons. It is not even remotely the same caliber. Uh, the the um, the uh, uh, the the strength of the of the barrel because it's uh, shooting a fire. It's smaller. Cal- if you tried to shoot an M M4 or M16 round in an AR15, um, you would destroy the gun very quickly. It it did not. It is not the same weapon. It is not even close. It is like saying that my uh you know my 86 lebaron was the same as a uh as some souped up uh stock car that used the same body because it looks the same it's not the it's not even remotely the same weapon first of all we should be able to own those as well m4s and m16s and and machine guns and everything else but let's go back to what he said that is a lie he was never issued an ar-15 he was not issued a gun that was originally designed to shoot hogs David Hogg has entered the chat. Um, <laughs> Feral hogs. Oh, I guess that's him too. Well, you know, um, yeah. they're threatening me. Um, so another video that I wished I had time to get, but again, the weekend got all messed up because of, you know, we had the long weekend that we were supposed to stay cool during. Um, right. But so I ended up not having time to do everything. But uh <laughs> Just, just the way those work, I guess. Just I don't. The, I, that, yeah, you the, know, the math does not make weekend. sense. It was a long weekend, but the math doesn't make sense, and somehow I had less time to do notes. You had to stay um, cool. You were I under did. vice presidential order to stay cool. To, right. Um, they asked him about uh, whether or not there should be armed guards at schools. Now, there are many different schools of thought on this, whether or not uh, these should be private people uh, who are armed or if they should be uh, police officers who are armed or if the teacher should be armed. Right. All of that aside, all of that aside, mm-hmm. just imagine that it was an all-encompassing term for any any of the ways that you are 
okay with having armed people at schools to protect from even school just shootings. having cops at school even having cops at school to protect from right. shooting yeah anything whatever uh he says that he does not support armed guards at school instead he suggests metal detectors and other measures like the ones used in congress uh could be considered you know except for the armed guards yeah in congress in congress what protects people in Congress is not metal detectors. Those are all compliments for the armed people who are protecting them because that's how you protect people is with people with guns. That's how you protect people. Now, I wonder if one of the measures he'd like to see done is his device that detects gunshots. And you could much more easily justify having to need such a thing like that if you didn't already have armed guards there to respond. Because then your justification would be, well, we need to be able to not make his do with his face. We need to be able to make it so that we can hear when the gunshots go off so we can call for the armed guards to come instead of just fucking having them there to begin with. Right. This is cronyism. This is cronyism at It's its absolute finest. It is hiding behind protecting you and your children. The children he will set on fire if you have a gun that he doesn't think you should be able to have. But it's all just him getting rich and having control over you. It's what all government is about. Using the power of the state to impose itself on you to enrich themselves and their friends. And that's it. That's always what it boils down to. So uh, real a few things from the chat that I want to hit on, but uh, most importantly, Joe makes drifts over on YouTube, says he looks like a SpongeBob background character. And that is the most accurate That's thing accurate. I have I ever that. read no, that's actually, anywhere. Yeah. Um, now, uh, many people are saying that the AR-15 uses a 223 or a 5.56. Chambered in so, five five six AR can also be chambered in five five six as well. So yes, uh, they can't the two two threes and five five sixes. We apologize for not including the five five six. Yeah, it's the same size bullet. You can fire it in it, but you're going to destroy your gun because the five five six is a much more powerful round. So and an M sixteen or an M four, you can fire two two threes the the AR fifteen rounds in it all day long because it's more than you know it's more than strong enough. The the gun is more than robust enough to be able to handle that kind of round. That's the point. Is just in the same way that you know where I was comparing my old car to you know a stock car with the same body. Yeah, I could try to burn the same fuel that it has, and I might get a few miles down the road before my car explodes. Right? Like it's it's not it is not the same capacity weapon. It's not even close. Um, and it's it is um, it, it's it's there's no compa- anyone who's familiar. And, and uh, Hannah Meyer says five five six is way bigger, makes a way bigger hole. So it's it's the round itself you can fit like it's the same uh uh width the same yeah. caliber basically um or, or close enough to the same caliber but the power behind it is completely different it is not comparable there is no comparing a medium game hunting rifle that is safe to be used by children uh you know with with you know minimal training to a weapon that was designed for shooting other people the AR15 is not designed to shoot other people i mean you can use it for that but it's designed it's not designed for home defense. It is designed for shooting varmints. Like, that's literally what it's for. Chamber pressure. That's the word I was looking for. Yep. If uh, if it's the AR-15 it's got was a dressed... Boom. If the AR-15 was dressed up with a nice wooden handle or wooden stock, then 
you didn't use a detachable magazine, nobody would have an issue with it. Nobody would have an issue with it. Yeah. But the fact that it, it's black and scary, people have an issue with it. M4 is chambered in 308. I thought M4 was chambered in. Oh, no, no, no. But they have them in 556 five, and 762. Yeah, I thought its primary thing was because the M4 replaced the uh, the 556. Yeah, it primarily fires 556 45 NATO, but it can also fire 762. Okay, all right. Have me for a yeah, no, it, it's it is not comparable. There, there is no, you know, it is not a weapon of war. It is a weapon of game hunting. And, yes. Uh, I agree that we shouldn't have weapons of war in the hands of the people who are the most likely to use them to hurt other people. Which is why David mm-hmm. Chipman and his ilk should be disarmed forever. Yeah. And the ATF. Just. Paraphrase something that somebody says should just be a good time weekend as opposed to a government agency. Um, yeah, exactly. Convenience store. Yeah, that's what it is. A convenient. Uh, I mean, it sounds like a fun weekend. I don't drink anymore, but you know, don't smoke cigarettes either or smoke cigars. I'll, I'll shoot firearms. So. We'll just do uh, FFF firearms, firearms, right. firearms. That's firearms, actually firearms, what's going to happen this July. Seventeenth uh, at uh, at the uh, uh, the philosopher Spike Cohen, Matt Wright, Sarah Andereg, and Tasha Cohen, and Jack Lloyd range event. Right, uh, <laughs> I'll put the the link in the comments again. You can go sign up and hang out with us in Tarpon Springs um, in July, and we can do that. We can firearm, firearm, and firearm, and I'm sure some people have away. alcohol and tobacco, but Matt and I don't. We just do the F. Right. Press I nicotine. I don't tobacco. Everyone press, uh, everyone press F. Everyone press F for firearms. So. So. Are we going to jump you, on Clubhouse you, for a little bit after this? Uh, yeah, we can jump on Clubhouse for a little we bit. We can do that. I won't be able to be on long because I, I have a very early morning of stuff to do before I get ready to head out to Delaware. And we'll talk about that in a second. Uh, but... Tomorrow, oh, for the Liberty Speaks event. For the Liberty Speaks event in Felton, Delaware. We'll talk about that in a second. Uh, next, uh, tomorrow, uh, on Wednesday, that's what tomorrow is, at 8 p.m., we have My Fellow Americans. And we had a guest, uh, but they unfortunately were not able to be able to do it, so we're having to reschedule. So unless another guest comes in, then I'll probably just be doing a, a, a Q&A session tomorrow, just having some fun with it. And, uh, yeah. And then on thursday you have an episode of the writer's block map yes with uh airy gabrick airy airy gabrick okay I th- I th- you, you had a look on your face i was like is it not gabrick have well, i been no, saying i'm one? trying to figure i know it's airy but i don't know um if it's gabrick or gabrick that's the last name yeah um well that's gonna be cool i like i like airy um airy uh is involved with outright libertarians uh, and was also uh, on the Georgia, Joe Jorgensen campaign uh, as a uh, data analytics analyst uh, assistant 
and is uh, continuing to work in that capacity because that whole team is now this autonomous group that still has all that data and is working directly with libertarian campaigns and they're continuing to refine that data add to it from other people that are adding to it it's it's great it's what we need to have and that you know and that is what we are going to uh that's what we're going to be talking about for half of the show cool that is awesome and then uh uh also tomorrow uh, I am doing at uh, tomorrow at 1 p.m. I'm going to be on Clubhouse with Nick Gillespie. We're going to be talking about qualified immunity and why that needs to end. But uh, but uh, and then later that evening is my fellow Americans. Uh, then on Thursday is the writer's block. And then Friday, Saturday and Sunday, come join me in beautiful Delaware uh, on uh, at, on Friday the 4th. I will be at the Liberty Speaks event in Pizza Dilly Winery at, in Felton, Delaware, just outside of Dover. Uh, the following day on Saturday, also at Pizza Dilly, I will be at the Delaware Libertarian Party Convention. Uh, and then at 6 uh, or at six, then, uh, on the sixth on Sunday at 10 AM, I will be at wheelies farm stand cafe for the Liberty eats breakfast slash brunch. Um, and so I will be having a jam packed weekend that, uh, this coming weekend in Delaware. So come out and join me. You can go to it's Eventbrite. I know that. (laughs) Yeah. You can go to for Liberty speaks. I may have it the in my event. notes for writer's book. Yeah, for if for Liberty Speaks, here is the link. Oh no, um, I don't. And then for the convention, here is the link. Nope, that's Libertarian. Cajun, I definitely picked up on that. Brian is the one who books our show, so hopefully he picked up on that as well. And I would love to have you as a guest on my show. Good sir. Yeah. Good sir. I understand that you had a guest on your show last night that he did an adequate job at being yes, a guest. I heard that that went well. Um, and uh, the so Liberty Speaks, I have the event uh, in the Eventbrite. Um, and then, uh, or have the Eventbrite link in the comments, then uh, LP Delaware Convention. If you go to lpdelaware.org, uh, you can find it. And then on Sunday, we're doing Liberty Eats. And I don't know if there's an actual uh, thing for that, but it's at Wheelie's Farm Stand Cafe in uh, Newcastle, Delaware. So hope to see you all in beautiful Delaware. I always have a great time when I'm in Delaware. And then we will join you right back here on Tuesday for the... Same muddy place, same muddy time for the muddy waters of freedom where Matt Wright and I parse through the week's events like the cheerful little, little Tuesday at eight. Uh, and uh, our guests are uh, Conrad Shaventure and Seiko McMillan uh, from Virginia Beach, uh, the Beach Bros. Uh, we'll be having them on, so that'll be fun. And uh, yeah. That's going to be something. Um, that's going to be something. That's going to be something because I've got a couple of questions. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, uh, to everybody else, thank you for tuning in as always. Uh, be sure. I forgot you asked the question. And then oh, re- uh, if Matt, if someone were to go on the internet and look for us, is that possible? Please help. You know, it would be possible. All one would have to do head over to anchor.fm slash muddy waters again yes this is
If you head over to anchor.fm slash muddied waters, you can find all of our audio, especially you people out there who love the dulcet, sweet, sultry, sexy tones. The buttery, buttery, buttery it's like tones. It's butter. butter. It's like butter up in butter. It's butter. 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 While you're there, you can leave us messages. Leave us and tell us things. Don't do like you did this week where you didn't leave anything because we didn't, I didn't even know that we didn't have anyone that left anything, so don't do that yeah. again. Yeah, you can leave us messages and yes. you can also donate money to us. Give us money. And we will use that to make this show even better. The more money you give us, the better this show will be for you and us. Please. Anna Myers, for you I will say lower lash line. Lower lash, I don't I don't know why she wants us to say it. Lower lash line. Lower lash line. Lower lash line. And you can find this in every other episode at muddiedwatersmedia.com. Well, that is fantastic. I'm going to go to that website for the first time ever right now as the show is over. (laughs) So, folks, thanks again for tuning in. We'll see you tomorrow. We'll see you Thursday. I'll see you in Delaware, and we'll see you right back here next week. And uh, thank you so much for again for tuning in. We'll see you soon. And where we're going, we don't need roads.